0: Everyone relax, this is Topop. I'm Charlie
1: Clawson. I'm Will Anderson and we just were pretty bloody Aussie just then because uh, we were in the middle of a discussion about some other things whether we had to record an ad for the podcast, that sort of stuff and then we realised we didn't have to do anything else and I just looked at you and I said, let's do a bloody
0: tofop, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it, we don't, because we're not the bloke of like, you know, Do you think podcasts? the tofop 12,
1: the macho fop, quest has revealed to us that perhaps we do you know have a connection to that you know more alternative view of machismo yeah exactly i think so we'd be we've been able to get comfortable with our own
0: machismo we're not embarrassed by the fact of what we can't do Mm. we're impressed by what we can do i've been doing a lot of traveling the last two weeks been three different states and i've seen a lot of radio billboards and the one thing that struck me is i am not blokey enough for radio <laughs> because it felt like every commercial radio billboard is blokes and i know you've done commercial radio but you weren't the bloke you were no. like you were with blokes no i was on
1: a team of people where i would stand where the the woman in the team would not listen <laughs> but you work on a radio station where they don't care about having a woman in the on-air team so i would fill that role i guess No, i mean i that they there is a very generic you know, I mean, look, there's not that much you can do with, say, two or three people, you know, on a poster for a radio show that just yeah. has to be immediately read from somebody. And they've just got to what, apparently just look at that and go, oh. They, they seem like three people I want to listen to. I, I know what they look like. <laughs> now I want to know what they sound
0: like. Get me a radio. Well, TOEFOP12 aside, how yeah. do you feel you go in an ultra kind of blokey environment? Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. Because of the comm- country? Yeah, because of the country. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, But I'm also a chameleon. Like, I don't care to be. A (laughs) chameleon. Yeah, yeah, I don't care to be one. Like, it's not my, like, I've often thought that my, I watch a lot of, as you know, I can't stop talking about all these cult documentaries I've been (laughs) watching and, like, I've been reading about QAnon. I am a conspiracy theory theorist at the moment. Like, I'm just fascinated by those same thinking patterns that suck people into. I think part of it is living in, the part of the world I'm living in where you're surrounded a bit more by people who, you know, believe in some, some shit that is just not true or backed in any scientific way. And they don't believe in the truth sandwich. They, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> they have a truth slurpee. But I think for me, All mush. it's just meant that, like, I recognize, I think part of my fascination is that I recognize some of similar traits in these people mm. to things that I know that I'm instinctively good at when I'm like, You know, I can rally a group of people together around ideas. Like, I mean, that's really what stand-up is, right? Like, it wouldn't take too much to tweak that into... Like, I'm picking up a whole bunch of tips is what I'm saying. (laughs) I've watched The Vow. I've taken some notes. But this idea that there are these... Particularly with like what happened at Nexium, the parallels between it and Scientology, because basically the leader of Nexium just went away and found a whole bunch of other things that had worked, like studied Al Ron Hubbard, and was just like, so he
0: actually went. He it wasn't in, it wasn't a side product of his path. He actually was like, I am going to start a cult, maybe not that expressly, but essentially that's what he was doing.
1: Yeah, basically he, he was a con man previous to that he, he did a course <laughs> <laughs> he went to tafe well he cult, cult tafe he was kind of born a con man and his original thing he was quite well known for a um like what do you call those like like, like an amway type scheme where it's like uh, yeah basically like, the, it's multi-level marketing so he pyramid. had a multi-level marketing scheme and you know made a whole bunch of money but then it all fell apart because those things do because they're you know they're ponzi schemes right so he did that and then he met this woman who was like a hypnotist and like, you know, like a behavioral psychologist and knew all these ways to sort of like technically manipulate people. And then he just went away and jive-bunnied a whole bunch of other spiritual texts and just went, how do you control people? What are these messages? And just like cribbed them all together into like a perfect so you want to start a cult
0: ideology. I love that you didn't straight go straight to he avalanched. You went to he jived bunny. Which
1: even then would have been a very dated reference. But yes,
0: you're right. He jived because bunny. Jive bunny. The original good. avalanches. <laughs> because it took me a second to work out what you meant. It's like, well, there's an animated cartoon rabbit. Like, Come on, everybody. Come on, everybody. Jive bunny. Yeah. It Did was- it get to the top of the charts?
1: I reckon Jive Bunny was, okay, I'm going to have to open up my computer. I
0: mean, I feel like in Australia it was number one because we have a track record of making novelty songs number one, probably second only to the United Kingdom, right? Right. So I would say that Jive Bunny made it to number one in Australia. So let's see. Jive Bunny. Let's see if
1: we can find some information on Jive Bunny. Uh, Jive Bunny and the Master Mixers have their own Wikipedia page. So this is a good start. Um, let's see. Uh, we're a British novelty pop music act.
0: Uh, okay. The face of the group was Jive Bunny, a cartoon rabbit who appeared in the videos. And from my memory, like a kind of shittily animated cartoon rabbit. It wasn't on the level of like Warner Brothers or Disney. It was kind of like a shitty, not even a Fido Dido. It was a, it was a shitty hand-drawn rabbit, right? Yeah. And also as a human being in a costume. So there was a... An actual like... Jive cash Bunny.
1: cow yeah <laughs> cash cow style jive Money <laughs> worked on a british morning television program <laughs> uh so jive Money, yes yeah, so not just the cartoon but also um a human being in a costume uh so
0: uh, so hang on i imagine that's for live performances so it, is it like yeah. um daft punk where Jive Bunny would come out to the decks and just play all like old timey records one after the other, and the crowd would go apeshit. Well, so in the year 1989, let me take you back to the year 1989, ah, Charlie. It was a different time. Well, <laughs> Batman had never had a cin- cinematic representation before. <laughs> Indiana Jones was about to set off on his last crusade.
1: <laughs> and a British novelty act by the name of Jive Bunny captured the attention of the world do you remember the name of any of drive bunnies and here's the first thing that came as a surprise to me
0: that there was more than one drive bunny track i seem to remember there being at least two mm. the first one i thought you gave the gave it away before isn't it called come on everybody no oh. it's not none of them are called come on everybody was the album called come on everybody I because you think drive bunny you think Come on, everybody. So, c- c- come, come on, on everybody. everybody. <laughs> maybe someone at the record
1: company was, we just don't think you could call your album Come On, Everybody. <laughs>
0: Look, we had Come On, Eileen, and we got away with that. <laughs> we're not going to You know what? We've had to pay off a lot of Eileen's, to be honest. <laughs> we, had to, we actually sold a TV show to Australia called Come On, Kids. We couldn't <laughs> believe we got that one through. <laughs> we had another one called Come On, Alter, Boys, but we thought, oh, maybe that's stretching it. Catholic Church has a lot of money to sue. All right. So, Swing the Mood, I believe, is the name of the song. It's um, all swing music, which, if you didn't have to look at it, describes swing music. Uh, People
1: doing that old-timey
0: dancing where they
1: they throw each other around and their legs go backward and forwards behind them.
0: Yeah, that's what I'd say. Saxophones,
1: maybe? Uh, yeah, probably. like clarinets or like trumpets or like anyways. Wind sections. Yeah, exactly. Horns. And a drummer who's
0: like. Wearing a suit. All right. So. Oversized suits, choreographed dancing. Their first number one
1: was a song, a compilation, a mix called Swing the Mood. Uh, their debut album was not called Come On Everybody. Their debut album was called Jive Bunny, colon, the album. <laughs> but not the symbol, colon. <laughs> it's just Jive Bunny bent over. <laughs> Swing the Mood is a song by Jive Bunny and the Masters from their debut album, Jive, colon, uh, Jive Bunny, colon, the album. Produced by the Father and Son. Oh. Father and Son. Father and oh, Son. That's heartwarming. This is really nice. Yeah, mums in the kitchen just go. What are you guys doing in the? <laughs> We're working on our. Oh, jo- Yo, you're playing with your drive bunny again, are
0: you? Well, you said they're English, right? So it'd be more like, Oi! <laughs> what are you doing in there? <laughs> Blimey! Stop <laughs> playing them blooming swing records. Your fish and chips are getting cold. <laughs> oh, it's always raining here. <laughs> I've got terrible teeth! <laughs>
1: produced by the father and son DJ team of Andy and John Pickles <laughs> I don't
0: know why that's Why funny didn't they, they just it call is, it father and son Pickles Pickles like much
1: sense it's just Big funny. Pickle Little Pickle <laughs>
0: That's actually a good rap name Big Pickle Big Pickle call, call me Big Pickle My lyrics they do tickle In your brain they will stickle You'll have to cover them out with the sickle I'm Big Pickle <laughs>
1: it's like five mile. <laughs> so, there are dad and son, the pickles, big pickle and little pickle, um, working together on, uh, on on Jive Bunny. So, um, uh Glenn Miller's in the mood is the song we're right. thinking Right, Swing of. that mood. Yeah. So, uh, copyright problems caused the re-recorded version to be re- uh, released. Despite this version being derided by critics, it nevertheless became a massive hit in the United Kingdom, spending five weeks at number one on the UK singles chart in well, July we knew and that was August gonna happen. 1989. Um, okay.
0: All right. So that's track number one, Swing the Moot. How many songs could they possibly have made in that first? Well, album? you
1: were right that you said that it was uh, at least two.
0: Okay, uh, but it's a it's is it more of a what do you call it? Not like EP. What's the other thing when it's like a short release? Like I don't know, but, but is, there's there's is at it least less than five. Okay, well I don't know
1: how many tracks there are on oh. the entire thing. Sorry, no. This is how many tracks they released that sold a lot of albums. Two. So three. Oh, okay. Swing the Mood, That's What I Like, and Let's Party. All three songs reached number one during 1989.
0: So they released three singles in the same year? Yeah. Wow.
1: they all made it to number one. Talk about
0: double dipping and triple dipping. Why not, though? Like... People seem to like that shit. <laughs> Why don't we show them all it?
1: Right? <laughs>
0: it doesn't – I mean, it doesn't – like. it's not like the book studio time. Just the pickles will sit there with their bloody tape decks and just cut songs back and forth.
1: Like, just imagine that. Like, I mean, I know you lost your dad at a, a younger age, but I just can't – and my brother works, I guess, on the farm with my dad. You know, they collaborate together. But imagine if something they did on the farm –
0: became became so huge
1: yeah like they just invented some new technique like they found like some extra hidden teat on a cow that produced <laughs>
0: chocolate milk <laughs> and like you know come on everybody <laughs> come on everybody get your milk get your chocolate milk um i reckon i'd be interested to know if the father was a musician his son grew up you know he'd be playing his son these old records mm-hmm. that he loved but his son was more of a like, if it was a movie, the son's like, you know, he's all into electronic music and stuff like that. And then his dad's like, you always listen to bloody terrible music. And that's not pretty. uh oh, cool, blimey. <laughs> or, and no, Michael Caine, you always listen to terrible bloody music. <laughs> so, then he puts on like his finger, listen to that, it's Steve Miller. And then the son's like, cool, blimey. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> Oh, that sounds that sounds good. I'm gonna rip, play that on my tape. In 1989, what are they cutting on? Yeah, well, reel to reel tape. Tapes, reel to tape. Reel, yeah, tape. I'm gonna cut
1: them together my reel to reel. And then no, I think it was old records. I think there was like, I think
0: when you, I think I, they're saying here that it was old records because Dad had the hang on. alright Do have. they have any info on what they did for a living? Are they musicians? It was just a hobby. I need to know. Doncaster DJ and producer.
1: Um. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Doncaster DJ and producer Les Hemstock created the original "Swing the Mood." Oh. Um. It was taken from there and developed as a single release by Father and Son Teen John and Andrew Pickles. So they've just come in and oh, like right. sort of.
0: Okay, so they're not the actual. Wow. They're well, like, they're the, like the, the, the name Jive Bunny was devised by Andy Pickles. So. But they're like Stan Lee to the other guy's Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby created all the pictures and Stan Lee was kind of like, hey, this is how you get it out there. Yeah, but Andy Pickles, young Andy, yeah. he was the one who said, hey, Put two a words. On. <laughs> 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 you know two things that kids love? Jive, jive. and bunnies. <laughs> Put them together. Bunny jive. Wait a minute. And then he moves the words around. Jive bunny stands back. Puts his hand to his mouth. Oh, my God, I've done it. Like, <laughs> I've cracked the code. We're going to be rich. Come on, everybody.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, three number one. 1989 was the year of... Okay, so say you're Jive Bunny and in the,
0: in the mix Masters. Okay. And so that's just a... But that's like the gorillas, right? Saying they're not... There's no one else. It's just the Pickles and Chris Hemsworth. What was his name? Oh, he, he, DJ. He, this is interesting. The, here's some album details
1: of Jive Bunny, okay. the album. So, Jive Bunny, the album, made it to. In uh, Let's start with. In the UK, what did the album. So, it had three number one singles off it, but did the album make it to number one in the UK? I'm
0: going to say. Yes, no. Surprisingly, oh, but made it to number two. Right. I want to know what the B sides, <laughs> right. of Swing the mooder. Hang bad. on. So, what's the album called? The Jive Bunny. The album. Jive Bunny. The there's album. There's got to be some B sides. Okay. What What didn't make the cut? Well, uh, in Canada,
1: w- what do you think, Jive Bunny? Because I just want to judge. You know how big a worldwide
0: sensation Jive Bunny was. I reckon it. Uh, Canada. There's a bit of a crossover with the UK, so I'm going to say top ten. Yeah, so uh, made it to number five, the album, well, uh, to fifth
1: position. Uh, okay, let's go with a bizarre one. Germany. Did, was Jive
0: funny? I loved it. They <laughs> fucking loved it. It's actually the new German national anthem. <laughs> Come on, everybody. Uh, only made it to 14th in the charts. Uh, that surprises. Uh, I this stupid rabbit <laughs> telling me to jive. <laughs> Life is a dark misery.
1: Jive Bunny, the album, made it to what position in the US Billboard charts? I
0: reckon number one. No, fuck. Number twenty. Number twenty-six. That's middling results. In New Zealand, how much? How how much were the Kiwis into Jive Bunny? I don't know anything about the Kiwis and novelty songs. I mean. Da 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 Oh that wasn't a novelty yeah. song. That was no, a genuine Dave song. Dave Dobbin he's an <laughs> incredible song. artist.
1: <laughs> Sorry. It feels that a bit song like a is song. a bit novelty, yeah. but he is like. Is a, he really? He's a Neil Finn style. Really? He's a Paul. He's like a New Zealand Paul Kelly. Is and he really? Incredibly respected. He's like, not makes the rock Flats guy. No, he is. <laughs> I thought he's the foot forever rut... the
0: Footrot Flats guy. I had no but idea about that. It's great
1: song, slice of heaven. Anyway,
0: well, name another song by Dave Dobbin. Cannot. <laughs> Just <saved laughs> yeah. my life real Paul and Kelly, a the real life Neil. Of my Finn. family.
1: <laughs> In New Zealand, okay, so, how so did drive Bunny
0: were they? All right. I don't know if Ki- the Kiwis have ever been hot on novelty songs. I'm going to say that their dry sense of humor would probably have elevated it to 17.
1: Uh, nine. Ah. Charlie, Jive Bunny, the album, despite the fact that it had three number one singles in the UK, only made it to number one on the charts of any country. In the entire world, what was that country? Australia. Australia. <laughs> so proud
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am. Australians, oh, all let us come rejoice. On we made Bunny on, number one. <laughs> we have no taste in music. Oh. Ostentatious also reached number one. <laughs> How many novelty songs have made it to number one on the Australian charts? Not as many as the UK, I don't reckon. They're mad for it, but I think we have a lot of similarities. I'm going to see if there's any entries. Off the top of your head. What can I name? Yeah. Chris Franklin's Bloke. Did that get to number one? Yeah, pretty sure. Did Morris Minor and the Majors start a rap get to number one? Feels feels like it probably did. Feels like it did. Um, Opposites Attract. I feel like that got to number one here. That's not a novelty song? song? got a cartoon cat i've been mc scat that, cat not yeah you're right sorry so much i mean that is the difference when you've got the marketing budget of like a disney they come up with mc yeah. scat cat these fucking pickles come up with you Drive reckon, bunny
1: do you reckon mc scat cat uh, ever met drive
0: bunny <laughs> mate they had a fucking huge <laughs> gang war <laughs> at the grammys the two posses drive bunny's posse um, and- i'm so tough
1: do you remember that from, mm-hmm. it was like, a, again, like an ostentatious style spoken
0: word piece. Right, like yeah. It's, it's George kind of Milovich Nor- or, or like, somebody like that. They, it's like Chuck Norris jokes, essentially. I'm so yeah. tough, I eat Tonka Truck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That made it the number one. I think shut so. Shut up your face. Oh, shut up your face, absolutely. Definitely went to number one. Um, what about Star Trek? And- um, oh, I don't think there's going to
1: be a good. A definitive. Yeah, answer to our question, unfortunately, without going through
0: all the number ones, which I'm not going to do. Do you think Star Trek made it to number one in Australia? I yes. think it definitely made it to number one in the UK. What about Doctor Who? Hey! Daleks, Doctor Who. Doctor and the TARDIS. By KLF. Well, by... The, the pre-KLF.
1: The, KLF. the Time Lords, which was one of the... But yes, the KLF are going to rock you. Is that... KLF aren't a novelty band, though. Again, KLF oh, no, are no, we say novelty
0: band, a, the novelty song.
1: But is... Well, but okay. If it's a novelty song, does like Chumbawamba, Tub
0: Thump They're a are real book, band. They're a real band. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm trying uh, to get a lot about music. Wumba. Dave Dobbin apparently is the world's greatest like lyricist. Well, and
1: funny that Chumbawamba have a very similar to Dave Dobbin in that they're not all shaggy pub punk, songs. They're quite a punk, like respected.
0: Like so, you they're know, a legit respected band. Chumbawamba. Yeah. Who had I this thought one they were breaker, like. Yeah, Aqua or, or something Girl. like that. Yeah, Does Barbie
1: Girl Counters or like how bizarre
0: is that? A novelty song? How bizarre? How bizarre? yeah, by no, uh, uh, I can't remember. But yeah, I remember the song. I don't. I don't. I can't think of one in recent memory that's made it to number one. Did any of the comedy company singles like so excellent? A couple yeah. of days. Absolutely, one hundred percent. They must have number one. Oh, I don't know. let's just let's, Google uh, which comedy company singles. Went to number one or a couple of days. So excellent. Did Colin Carpenter have one? Probably. So a um, couple of days. Let's just uh, find... I mean, that to me feels like the bigger single. Was Kylie Mole a bigger character than Con? I feel like Con... They were pretty similar, I would say. In terms of popularity?
1: Yeah, I would say Kylie so. came
0: first though, right? I just seem to remember like Kylie... Had Kylie Minogue guesting in the sketch. She had the single first. But then Connor Frutti met Bob Hawke. Remember that? Ah, Mr. Hawke, when are you calling any election? Ah, gone, couple of days. (laughs) Crowd goes crazy. This country sucks. (laughs) (laughs) This country sucks.
1: There's actually not as much information readily available on this stuff as you would... as you would think a couple of days doesn't have like a whole web pages dedicated to it no it doesn't I'm actually surprised by that Um, okay now here we go so um, peak chart position okay uh, on the Australian charts for the
0: song a couple of days by (laughs) Condé what did it get to Uh, did it crack the top 30 no okay 48 48 Oh are
1: you fucking kidding
0: <laughs> Sorry, you guys didn't see that. Will almost fell out of his chair. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Forty eight. Yeah. That's actually way too high. <laughs> like, <laughs> can you find out who was behind him? Like, can you imagine your band oh, oh, got beaten by Con the Fritter on the charts? Uh, no, I can't do that. That's too much for me. I was, um, I, you know, how hey, you go down those weird, well, you'd know because this is this show. We go down those weird rabbit holes. I got on a Boom Crash Opera weird rabbit hole uh, yep. the other day. I don't know why I started boom. thinking them. Boom crash. crash Opera. opera. <laughs> Kick it in. <laughs> so... It just came to me like a few days ago. It's like that was like I remember listening to that album. These are crazy. These these here are crazy times. You know what though? As relevant a message today
1: as it was back then, because I think the one thing we can all agree on after the last year, Charlie, is
0: these here are crazy times. (laughs) They certainly are. With Jive Bunny getting to number one in this fucking country, Um, yeah. So. I just sort of had this memory of them being one of those albums in probably 1989 as well that I listened to again and again, but haven't really thought of. And I was like, whatever happened to Boom Crash Opera? I actually met Dale Ryder a few years ago at a telethon. He was a really lovely guy. And I was like, I didn't sort of, I didn't immediately recognize who he was because your memory of him when Boom Crash Opera were, the band was he had that big flowing long curly hair, but he's bald now, like and wears like a beanie and stuff. So um, I went on this deep dive and I listened to the album again. I was like, oh yeah, I mean, it's, it's not as good as I remember, no. but it's very serviceable. It's got like three really good commercial it, pop rock.
1: Yeah, I, I, they play, when I was working at Triple M, surprisingly, who would have thought? Uh, Boom Crash Opera played at one of our events, but they were- Really? They were very good. But not with Richard Pleasance, right? No. no. I, I, well, you know what? Don't know enough about it okay. to- to say, but um, well,
0: lucky for you, Will, I went on a Wikipedia deep dive and I do know a bit. So,
1: about it. I must admit, just one of those bands that was never 100% on my radar, Boom Crush Opera. So, like, I know enough of you know, you just couldn't grow up in the era we grew up without like knowing who they were and knowing their songs, knowing Onion
0: Skin, and <laughs> yeah, but um, well, uh, that's funny. I wanted to ask you because my memory of that period is unclear because there was so much jive bunny going on, Will. <laughs> Everyone right. was just jiving oh to the bunny. Um, <laughs> but I couldn't remember if they were big or if it was just I had that album at my house back in, before MP3s and shit when right. you would just re-listened to whatever albums you had at home a million times. But do you remember them being on like Hey Hey It's Saturday like the pinnacle of, you know, Australian TV or, or anything like that? I guess. See,
1: but that's I, don't, it. I don't really but remember. But I don't have any, like I have a Mandela type memory of like assuming that they should have been so therefore but I don't really have any clear or distinct well if
0: you think of other bands from the era like In Excess or whatever by the way I also know they played in an event that I did
1: at Triple M which was had to be within the last two years, and I can't, in my mind, place where that was either. So I think there's something about the band Boom Crash Opera, much like Men in Black style, erases (laughs) your memory after consuming
0: it because I'm literally trying to concentrate on where it would be and everything around it's really fuzzy in my mind. They are the perfect Mandela band because, like you, I just had a memory of some of the songs – but then when I listened to the album, I couldn't remember any of, or not remember very well, the kind of just the B-side yeah, type the stuff. Yeah. And then I started thinking like, what's the defining image of Boom Crash Opera? I think of Dale Ryder with his big hair, but like you think of In Excess, you think of the album, the cover of Kick. Think of like Big Pig, you remember that music video, you know? There's all those bands, Midnight Oil, like Dancing in, in Uluru, all that kind of stuff. But I can't think of a defining music video or live performance or anything of being crash opera. No, they were just like a – I think they were just a, like
1: a, better than a really excellent pub band. Do you know right. what I mean? Like they were that classic sort of, you know – Halfway in between being like superstars, although he like presented like a superstar, like, but that's what I mean. He had that bravado of like, he a was a great who, front man, yeah. He was yeah. just a great front man, and they were like good at playing music and they like wrote catchy songs that were halfway between pop songs and rock songs, and yeah.
0: And they had that big 80s kind of sound, like even like Crowded House and some of their songs around about that era had that big, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? It's I don't know, I don't know the how to describe it in terms of production, but it just feels like there's a lot of instruments is very produced it's yeah, very of, produced it's the very opposite of what would come with grunge but so i had this idea of like oh shit so i don't really know anything about them and so i started reading about how the band got together and it was when bands like in Excess were starting to take off and i think some big music mag the equivalent of an NME, maybe it was rolling stone featured 11 bands you need to watch that are going to be the next big one and boom Cash opera was one of the bands and there was a bidding war To kind of sign them up. They released a single independently, I think, called Great Wall. Which, again, I can't really remember. But apparently, that was one of their highest charting singles. Should have brought that back for Trump. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Totally. Played the inauguration. I mean... No one else was. But also, like, the the amount of people who were willing to sell a song to Donald Trump. Like, he was doing, like, YMCA and stuff, (laughs) right? Like,
0: Boom Crash Opera could have, like... No one would have really cared, would they? I don't think so. No. So, they they had this bidding war they get signed and then they release that album um these here are crazy times onion skin is the big hit that's the one that everyone kind of knows goes um yeah. it gets it's on a film like a hollywood film it gets to number 15 on the billboard charts yeah. rock charts but then everything after that is diminishing returns and then pleasance gets tinnitus is that what what's called tinnitus, yeah. tinnitus and has to leave the band but the way they're describing their style i was like i I might have been Mandela because I think of Dale Ryder and I thought, what a voice. Like, you know, one of those great kind of rock voices that soars. But in this Wikipedia entry there, like a lot of the criticism of him was he was very limited in his vocal range. I think that they were just, yes. But that's
1: what I mean about like rather than looking at them as like, because also those bands that you mentioned before, like Crowded House and like mm. Mineral Oil and bands like that are like some, in excess. Like these are some of the, even like bands like Hunters and Collectors and like you know Paul Kelly and
0: his bands. Who all, do you think? Like has, there were so many hoodoo gurus. Do you put them like, in Noise Works category then, yes. or are they a bit better than Noise Works?
1: Ah, uh, see, in my head, I w- w- always would have thought that Noise Works better deeper than Boom Crash Opera.
0: They probably had more hits, but I'm talking like, in yeah, terms of credibility.
1: Like who were better musicians? I don't know. In my mind, and I don't know anything about either of them really. Like is I would say about the same. I'd be like, I'd be as interested in going to see Noiseworks as I would in seeing Boom Crash Opera, which is not disinterested, but not
0: overly interested. You don't really get pub bands anymore, do you? I mean, I'm sure there are pub bands, but... Well, you can't really go to pubs. Yeah. But just that sound, that kind of... Well, you, it always... You,
1: no, I I bet there is. There's, I'm sure that, but, but I think that the pub scene, I think there is. I think it just is a bit more weddings and functions
0: and... Whatever, but yeah, like, there's no superstar, but we made those guys. Like back in the yeah, day- They we, came
1: out of the pub scene. But no, I your think lead, that- like,
0: Your front man always had to have a sleeveless tees, yeah. sweaty, kind of long, dark, stringy hair, sexy, tight jeans. There's always like a guitarist who wrote most I of the songs. I think like
1: in Melbourne, in most of like, if you go to the Tote or whatever, and you you would see like Amel and the Sniffers or like bands like that, they would come out of- you know Melbourne, no, that that was what they
0: were like. They were pub bands that became yeah, like, but um, bands. it's a specific kind of pub band. Like we didn't really have the glam metal scene of like LA or the Sunset Strip. What we produced on a mass scale and affected yeah. fashion and stuff was pub rock, right? Yeah, that's true. You'd agree that was the identity, but mm. it's funny because you see, like I think hipsters are kind of readopting that '80s pub look. Like yeah. there's a lot of like flannels and VB caps and stuff that are kind of mullets. hip again. Yeah, mullets, all a that, lot that of kind mullets. of stuff. But it's all ironic. Like you don't see... But is it? Because it's already been ironic. So here's the thing I would say about
1: that. There should be... Because was there a period in between where... So like mullets have already been reclaimed ironically previously, right? Mm-hmm. Can you all claim something ironically that has already been ironically claimed? Or should you be has it ironically through- rebelled? Has it gone back the other way as well so it can swing back the other way? It feels to me like there wasn't a... What's whatever the opposite? Uh, ironic,
0: yeah. a ironic, uh, <laughs> 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 uh, you know, like it didn't have the credibility re established right. at any What stage.
1: are you being ironic about? But it's like the it's me- already it's like ironic. the
0: meme we discussed last oh. week, it's a comment good, on a comment.
1: have we've been said a lot of memes, <laughs> I know, it's great,
0: and being, we've been made into memes, which yeah, I've loved I've, and not understood. No, <laughs> <laughs> not not a one,
1: <laughs> not a bit of
0: it. <laughs> How quickly people understand things. (laughs) Visually. (laughs) Yeah, I just think that that look, yeah, you're right. They've claimed it back in an ironic sense of what was already considered a joke. It's like somebody else writing writing
1: a song called I'm Bringing Sexy Back and Justin Timberlake going, no, mate, I, I brought
0: sexy back and sexy has remained here since I brought it back. But do you see guys earnestly, and girls, earnestly sporting that look, who are below 50. Like sometimes you'll go see like an old band tour and you'll see those guys who peaked in the 80s and they will dress like that. But you don't see those cocksure, you know, tight jeans. Like if it were, again, if it was the hair metal scene, it would be the equivalent of what you'd see on the Sunset Strip. You know, those guys dressed a certain way, they're in a band, sexy, sleeping their jeans, getting a tour bus. You don't really see that particular brand, a pub rocker so someone that I'm who's commercial pub rocker sexy pub rocker yeah
1: I know what you mean yeah I I think there is like yes like you said like a hipper like underground yeah they're sensitive yeah well there's just or there's just a bit of flair to it like I mean we have a musician friend who's literally in the other room from us at the moment who is a rocker like well yeah but also he has like a
0: like um, yes con the fruto (laughs) he's our friend Con
1: yeah. brought up brought, up, brought we, over some bananas.
0: We asked him to come on the show. He said a couple of days. Couple of
1: days. So he's staying in the house <laughs> until we can get it done.
0: He's brought his daughters: Rula, Sula, Tula, Vula, and a copy.
1: here, which is good news. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's he has one guise of like yeah what his performance that is a bit more psychedelic and of this like you know sort of yeah that tame in parlory sort of like world where you're you know making sort of psychedelic rock music, but he's also got like a you know straight up rock band, a straight up rock band and they have been like they've reformed they've put they put some songs out and they've just gone back and done some gigs and they are they're playing pubs you know yeah. like big pubs, good pubs, but like they're playing pubs and it's kind of that modern day take on what pub rock was it's just evolved to being something that doesn't look like what it but it still kind of does it's still a guy with long hair thrashing a guitar like there is those sort of key fundamentals
0: that were in that pub rock stuff are just have just been reinterpreted into something else i guess I'm, i'm wondering could you do like a steel panther like a spoof band of actual musicians that spoofs would it be possible to target that noise works uh boom crash opera vibe like if you, if there are a band who made funny songs, but just, is it distinct enough Like period? So that, do they have to be funny? So yes. you're saying that they're kind of. Like in the re- same way that Steel Panther are playing up hair metal yeah. and the attitudes of hair metal where they just want to do coke and, you know, hookers and you know, they play songs about their dicks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Could you spoof like the Australian pub rock scene of the eighties? Could you be a band that comes out and, you know. What would you do? You'd like you'd be like Barnesy, you'd like scull a bottle of whiskey, you'd wear like a tight white singlet and jeans, be sweaty, long hair, maybe sing songs about the harbour bridge. <laughs> what defined that period that you could spoof? I don't think you can spoof that sort of Barnesy cold
1: chisely sort of Noise works though, more pirate shirty. Yeah, I think maybe you could do something like that. Maybe you could just go. Yeah, I think. I think maybe, maybe you could. Like, cause you think- I don't think there'd be room for a lot of it. Cause you, what you do is I think that's kind play... of what the killers are. Do you know what <laughs> I mean for people?
0: <laughs> yeah, right. They're a novelty band. Yeah, I'm learning so much about music. <laughs> but I guess the thing is like, then you've got to release the songs and what do the songs sound like? Well, they had that big produced sound and I reckon it's it's all that kind of soft rock subject matter. Like, with like think about, um, what's that horrible noise work song? Um, this is it not Cherry Pie? No. Hot Chili Woman. Hot Chili Woman. <laughs> Which what? is just so bad. <laughs> like it's a fucking sexy love song about how hot chicks are.
1: Hot Chili Woman, won't you burn for me? Yeah. Hot Chili Woman, I'm in ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do.
0: So you'd do songs like that. That'd be your entire catalogue. Yes. I believe that. You and would- then you'd have to have a ballad, an acoustic ballad like um, More Than Words. But just something, but what would you... It's all about the hair. I'm seeing hair in pirate shirts a lot. Uh, 100% you could do it, but I
1: wonder if it would appeal to... Anyone. No, I think it would appeal to hipsters. I think that really? that would definitely could be embraced ironically. If some band just started doing that, absolutely. Like kids at fucking festivals love Daryl Braithwaite seeing horses, right? Yeah. Like if there was some band that kind of serves them their, the McDonald's of the music festival where... You can go and actually just enjoy these big belting tunes that are like, but you're like, I'm still cool. Yeah, Like it doesn't matter. I'm wearing a muumuu, but but I'm enjoying something that could basically be noise works. Well,
0: that's how Steel Panther works. Because Steel Panther get the metal crowd who genuinely, because they're good musicians and they can play good songs and they get the kind of novelty crowd. Oh, look at the funny fashion and, you know, the subject matter and blah, 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 blah. So you probably could do it. What would the band be called? Bronze Tasmanian Tiger. (laughs) Bronze Koala. Sally's muscle car. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, the, who appeals to that? I mean, Shannon Noel plays pub rock. Yes. Um, Sorry, who does it appeal to? Is that what you mean? Like, no, well, who um, like these days? Who who is that? Like for those? Yeah, people, Shannon Noel probably would be
0: the most like
1: the people who went, current. The people who went to see like Noise Works or Boom Yeah, Crush where, opera, are they, where are they getting? Who them? are they
0: going to see these days? So, Jack- I mean,
1: not that we would know, but.
0: I mean, and, and you're not talking about like old bands, like the Baby Animals, still play and stuff.
1: No, I'm talking about who yeah, are who's the, the modern, modern equivalent. equivalent. I
0: reckon but. Shannon No, but he's not really that modern. I don't know. It'd be someone who won Idol or something. I, I would. Is there? What's that guy who used
1: to be a cameraman at ch- Channel Nine, who's now like a? Yeah. He's an
0: Australian dude. He's very popular. I yeah. know, and he plays straight ahead rock. Yeah, you're kind of rock pop. You know who I actually thought could have been that guy. Toby Rand. Toby Rand had that shit in spades. So Toby, for people that don't know who Toby Rand was, he won the... No, he didn't win it. He came runner-up. Oh, he up. came runner-up. That's right. In excess. No, not the one after In excess rock the super band one. What was that called? Nova? Remember. Supernova. Supernova, maybe. Ro- yeah, there's a reality show called Rock Band colon Supernova. <laughs> Imagine if there was one that was a Jive Bunny. Search for the new drive bunny. That would be an amazing Father show. and sons.
1: You know what? <laughs> cutting swing records Three together. number
0: one fucking singles in one year. You can't argue with that. Yeah. So Toby Rand uh, was an Australian. It was a great show. I loved the first season, the in Excess one, and the second one was great. And he was awesome. Well, like, wasn't he was there a, a Motley
1: Crue one or something? No, not Motley Crue. Um, well, Tommy Lee
0: Jones. Tommy was Lee in Jones that was band. in that the band. Yeah, it was over. Yeah, because it was a super band where it was That's right. um, the dude from Metallica, him.
1: Yeah, no, I remember Someone else. That's right. It, yes, that's what I'm getting confused in my head. Yeah. Okay, so... And so Toby was on that season, wasn't he? Yeah. And he had one particular song, which was like a song that he had done with his band, Duke Cartel. Oh, uh, oh, 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 oh. And so Duke Cartel um, would have been a classic example of what we're talking about. If Duke Cartel had
0: blown up into... Like, could have blown up into a Noise Works or a Crash opera. I think totally. that's, that's exactly... Yeah, I think that I actually when he played that song live for the first time, yeah. I just don't need that chemical healing. Let's go. like because the crowd went nuts. He fucking Grimspoon. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. But do they still play straight ahead rock? And isn't Phil kind of? He's a bit alternative. He's not your yeah. But, he's not your Toby Rand. But they're like they're still pi- pretty much. pirate shit. Could yeah. Phil wear a pirate shirt? Toby Rand? Yes. 'Cause Toby Rand went all out with eyeliner, spiky hair. Yeah, he had leather like a, bracelets. He
1: had like you know what he had the potential to be in and spokesman for Dangerfield. Absolutely, <laughs> firstly, one hundred percent. But you know, do you know that US band Imagine Dragons? Yes. Imagine Dragons are noise works on a huge scale, right? That's the band I was trying to think of before. It's a bit harsh on the killers. Like they you know, but Imagine Dragons are your classic example of like it's a show. Like, I've watched Imagine Dragons, um, like, a live show on, on YouTube one night because I was like, I'm just going to – because I've never really been captivated by their music, and, but they're yeah. a really popular act, and I was like, I'm going to have a look and just see what this is all about.
0: And I'm going it, to see if I, too, can imagine dragons. <laughs> <laughs> it was
1: just one night when I was actually just trying to imagine dragons. And i got <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> some advice from YouTube because my imagination has gone away. <laughs> Normally, I'm chasing them this time. I'm imagining them. <laughs> So, um, it's exactly that style of entertainment. Yeah. It's huge choruses, Play. everyone starts playing drums. Like, it's a rock and roll show. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's really good, but it could be a pop show with a bit of a twist. It could be like a, it's not enough, like a real rock, rock show. It's like Coldplay for people who want to see sort something of like, soft. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Something soft. People who think Coldplay is just a little too hard. <laughs> it's like- What if Coldplay played more electric guitars? Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. I don't think there is. I mean, there there probably is. We would know.
0: Yeah, so I reckon if Duke Cartel, because that single, when he played that song, I thought it was so great, but then the single came out and it lost something in the recording. I don't think it was ever as good as that first night he played it. But you're right. Duke Cartel could have been the noise works. Well, Tobes
1: will be rap that we've... Well, he's still doing all right, isn't no, he? He's, he's, he, he's doing great, and yeah. he, he's an awesome dude. Um, I hung, hung out here, not as much as I would have liked to, but a, a couple of times when we were in L.A., we caught up with each other, and uh, I always liked his
0: vibe just in general. He was a, you know. Yeah, he was good on the show, too. Yeah. Super entertaining. Well, what did he come up with? What was this saying? The um, evs. Oh, evs. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? <laughs> Which I feel like he injected into the worldwide lexicon because I re- hadn't really heard it. I know he brought it from Australia, right. but I feel like he popularized it. He might have. Evs. <laughs> <laughs> bringing it back. Um, do we have some mail
1: or anything? Do we need to get through we some have correspondence some to mail. our podcast? Yes. Because uh, I like to, you know... We like to keep on top of these things these <laughs> days. We have a website, it's called tofopcom and you can go there and you can listen to this show and past episodes of this show, see all James Fosdike's original artwork for this show. You can also uh, hear my podcast, Fop. Justin Hamilton was on uh, last week. I have not uh, worked out who's going to be on this
0: week yet, so... <laughs> uh, TBC <laughs> Two uh, If you go to the website Now there's Well uh, after, Before you listen to this What I'm trying to say Is the episode before Of Up. Before this We talk about tenant And you and Justin Also talk about tenant Yeah exactly and So you get double tenant By going to the website Exactly And you can just hear All of us try to work Our way <laughs> through it And you've not seen it No it didn't. All really... I know is Poop goes back into bumps <laughs>
1: <laughs> See we covered off Some things That Justin and I Didn't get to And that's important So uh Two guys, one cup. Uh, Charlie has been doing a summer series of uh, catch-ups
0: and interviews and well, discussions with people about why they support the particular teams. That's right. And there's a guy on uh, this week who many people probably don't know, but you would know him, Will Rolston. He's the producer of the Marty Gold show. Do. for the Brisbane Lions. Mad keen supporter. Now, he came to me via Michael Chamberlain. He said, if you're going to do an episode on the Brisbane Lions, I've got the yeah. guy for you. And Loves I was... Him. Not disappointed. And the great thing too is he's a bit younger than us. Yes. So hearing him talk about that great era of 2001 to 2003, like there's this kind of bittersweet because he knows they existed, but he was too young to have actually experienced it. And he's just got this cockiness about him because like, he thinks his team he's got now, they're going to go on a, th- well, he didn't say three beat, but he's pretty confident. It's great. Uh, well, I should mention to him at
1: some stage that I saw all three of those premierships. <laughs> live at the ground who's on
0: philosophy this week
1: Uh, so uh, this week oh okay so a bit of a um, uh, Josh L firstly who was uh, recently on two guys one cup with you and it's an incredible episode it's just he's so honest about so many different things it's really compelling and really entertaining so I recommend that one speaking of uh, people who need support We have a Patreon. Now, even more important, <laughs> well, our
0: safety net. <laughs> now to our safety net. Uh, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash We put on a bunch of bonus content there. We're intending to put some more regular content up there this year. So if you want to get on the ground floor of that, you can sign up for any amount. Um, there's been a lot of support in the last couple of months. I thought maybe great. it would sort thank of you. dip off over Christmas, but everyone has been great. And it really does help. Like we can do all this stuff and we're getting a new, uh, getting new digs and all this kind of stuff because of the money that you guys are putting into the show. So thank you very much. Uh, you can also go to the website to send us some mail. There's a little contact form down the bottom. So you can be like Nin, who says the biggest water slide in Norway to Colin fop, Hey guys, Nini here. Not the first time I've written in. I asked you once about once upon a time about Max Headroom. Well, that sounds like very much <laughs> in our territory. Anyway, I've been loving. The Norwegian narrative of Elias and the biggest horse in Norway. Uh, quick recap: Elias was a listener who was kicked by the biggest horse in Norway, which led to the uh, creation of the Tofop Twelve. He also followed up by sending us a video of a giant water slide his brothers had built on his farm in Norway. If you want to see that, I've done a reaction video on our Patreon. That's Patreon.com forward slash Tofop. Whilst born and bred in Sydney. Very uh, close to where you boys recently resided. I am actually proudly half Norwegian, thanks to my mother. Her mother was one of 12. And last June... Well, wow, just don't brush past that. One of 12. I know, I had your own toe up 12. <laughs> and actually 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of 12. And last June, Midsummer's Eve, my Norwegian extended family had planned a family reunion in Norway on the west coast of kristiansund kristiansund or Sund. Kristiansund. Kristiansund. And then COVID ruined it all. I've been to Norway a few times and I've contact with quite a few of my family, but I feel I now have a purpose when international travel does resume, as we'll be we going at some point. So I feel, I feel it is my duty to find the elusive Elias and what must surely be the biggest grave in all of Norway. Oh yeah, good point. Take a shovel. Uh, little <laughs> postscript <laughs> to those who need a recap. Uh, the biggest horse in Norway that kicked Elias, it started this whole thing, yeah. died.
1: I am sorry because we often say to people, if you're a new yeah. listener to the show, jump in with the new episodes and then go backwards and stop listening when you feel uncomfortable. But um, for, for an arc like this, I'm sorry you've jumped in at the point that you know that the biggest horse in... All of Norway is now no longer with us. has gone to the biggest Big stable in the
0: sky. <laughs> <laughs> when you hear it thundering in Norway, it's, it's not, it's not, not thunder. thunder. That's the sound <laughs> of the biggest Hops horse
1: the- in all of Norway galloping through the cliffs.
0: We still don't know the name. I want to go to the tomb of the unknown biggest horse in all of Norway. <laughs> no, didn't have a name. Never had a name. <laughs> um... So I should like to go to the biggest grave in all of Norway, which would house the biggest horse. Uh, Or maybe he's buried under the biggest water slide in all of Norway. But one thing's certain, they have the tiniest swimming pools. Now, I don't know if that's a uh, comment on the the video Mm. because they land in a pool from the water slide. But maybe it's some dig. Maybe it's a Norwegian Mm in-joke. You've got a tiny water slide, Sven. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's like a meme to me. I will start to do my research and ask my extended family if they know the biggest horse in Norway will keep you posted. Perhaps we need to start the Norwegian podcast festival that would certainly give the Dum Dum Club's co Samui podcast festival a run for their money. Take care, guys. Mate. I haven't travelled internationally in so long. I will do a podcast. If you guys want to set up a podcast for us in Norway, a podcast festival, we'll go. We'll do it on the grave of <laughs> the biggest to Or is that in bad taste? I feel like it's something you should have run by maybe. <laughs> so going to do, <laughs> All right. We'll do a festival in Norway with the biggest slide. How about that? So people can be sliding and partying and stuff while we're doing our podcast. Or do you want them listening? Well, that would be pretty weird to just be talking. <laughs> On loudspeak while a bunch of old drunk Norwegians are going down a water slide. What do
1: you think is more likely? That we could get the Norwegians to listen to us? Or that we, <laughs> can, a- just, that we can just get them to go on the slides and we do our
0: thing? Because I think it's the latter, not the former. <laughs> I didn't even think that through. <laughs> English is not the first language and where they're talking about. Also, fucking...
1: at the moment we know we have one listener in all of Norway. <laughs> and one person who may at some stage in the future visit Norway. She but, offered! Yeah, but she's not even there. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. It's
1: a brave offer for someone who doesn't even know if they can leave the country. You haven't seen
0: the video, but I al- say
1: Norway, Jose.
0: <laughs> Elias's brothers gathered quite a crowd for the biggest water slide. I seen it yet, no. Like it was I would say maybe 300 people there. So that's like, we've had 300 to a live TOEFOP before. I'd be okay with that. In Norway? Yeah, no, I'm saying, but we have not in with Elias. Elias needs to prove to his brothers that he's just as macho as they are. Sure, guys, you built the biggest slud in all Norway. I'm going to build the biggest podcast and all festival in all of Norway. How's that for macho? Yeah,
1: but we haven't even hit up Elias. (laughs) This is independent of Elias. This suggestion. Yeah, but we. What's his name of this correspondent? Uh, This is uh, Nikki. Nikki. Nikki has suddenly said, "I'm gonna." Oh
0: no! So that's not Nikki. I don't know. I deleted it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the uh, the unknown
1: (laughs) 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 correspondent.
0: I I I didn't delete it. I unstart it. Now I can't find it. Okay. This is from Nikki.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
0: Robot Wars. Okay. Hey guys. A long-time listener, first-time caller, fellow doggies. Tragic. I saw a meme today that said, why is everyone saying humans are fucked if we ever get to a- uh, uh, right. I. Why is everyone saying humans are fucked if we ever get to world worth robots, just throw a cup of water on them? And I wanted to know your thoughts because I spiraled on this for a while. Is it the kind of meme that would make you spiral? It's pretty straightforward. That's a... Like, if that was the meme, if it was... Literally those words in a picture of Dexter or something. Yeah, it, but that can't. That's not.
1: That can't be, be the
0: meme. The meme. I, I, the meme's <laughs> got to be more than that. So it's like a, a photo of a cup of water a and a and a robot something. upside down, and it's like um, 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 unknown error.
1: <laughs> Maybe fuck that's. Terrible. I don't know what a meme is, so don't be a meme. That sounds like a meme. Um,
0: okay, so Nikki spiraled on this for a while. The idea that we could stop robots with a with a cup of water. Maybe the rising sea levels and impending climate doom yeah. will work in our favor and in our nearing desolate future we just drown them all in the ocean that has come all the way up to Uluru. Or if we're at the stage of an all-out robot war uh, um, or are they if so or if we're in an all-out robot war, are they at a level of sentience and intelligence that they've developed waterproof or at least shower-resistant technology.
1: 100%. It's like, that's got to be part to of get what to the meme's that,
0: about. I mean, I don't think that... I think they're waterproof I don't think now. the robot war is coming like in terms of hand-to-hand hand combat.
1: You can swim with headphones on at the pool. Like, yeah. you're telling me that the robots can't put something on that's going to protect them? Like, the idea that somehow you just throw a cup of water on a robot. So it's got to be a statement. It can't just be about throwing a cup of water on the robot surely this meme's got to mean something else. There's got to be a deeper memeing (laughs) to what is going on, right? Yeah. It's got to be a statement about the futility of fighting back against technology or something, surely, right? Because we're done already. It's already advanced enough. I reckon... I love when they put out those robotics videos of all those fucking war machines dancing and everyone's like, look how good they dance. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's the only thing they've taught them to
0: do. But why, why would they need... It's not It's not going to be like Terminator. They won't need... They'll maybe have cleanup crews, but it'll be like missiles and gassings and all that kind of shit. Well, Mass yeah, warfare. The environment, some sort of global pandemic. Yeah, I e- don't know. exactly. Oh. Wait a minute. Hey... What? But I, I I don't think that you know unless you get to the, the fact that three people have all the money and nobody else has any money. <laughs> do you reckon that'll become a problem soon? Nah. Well, I love that. That's the choice: is that the, we have a climate crisis or we have an impending robot apocalypse to choose between. What do you? What would you prefer? Oh yeah. Okay.
1: Nice. I've been so busy thinking about the fact if you that had it'll one future, one or the other,
0: which of them is a desolate wasteland or a technological nightmare.
1: I think i'm more interested in seeing how the technical nightmare plays out i just think you know that's the one that i'd be like oh yeah okay yeah. it'll be
0: more interesting because you know what a desert looks like yeah right i <laughs> <laughs> could just drive to the desert But you've never seen combine harvesters for human beings <laughs> <laughs> And you're kind of curious. It's a way to go. If you're going to go.
1: I feel like Combine Harvester is a better way to go than like climate disaster. Slow, like,
0: long, torturous death. Hot. Or, it's already too but hot. But I guess it depends what the robots have in store for us. If it's a Matrix future where we're just kind of enslaved, but we are kind of enslaved will because we're on our phones and shit all the time, man. Did you know that? Fuck, you blow my mind. <laughs> are we in an episode of Black Mirror? Um yeah I think there will be if there was some kind of torture involved, like they needed our blood or some kind of yeah, like, so there might be some sort of like incriminations, I suppose. like I mean, as- in a lot of ways, nature is crueler than a machine because killing us the way nature will kill us is not very efficient. You imagine a machine will be put something in their hearts, put something in their brains, it'll be nature quick. will fucking kill us as soon as they look at us. Like, but it won't be efficient. It'll be slow and painful. because it, Exactly. Going. But it will kill us. It will find
1: a way to fucking kill us. It's amazing that it doesn't kill us more often than it already kills us. Like our greatest achievement as human beings is like building up ways to just not be killed on a daily basis by nature because it's fucking deadly and it's getting more deadly. I don't think that's going to be a fun way to go because it's just going to be a series of disasters. Your house will burn down. Your house will flood. Your like, community will get ruined. Like, things won't grow back. The ecosystem will get all out of way- Like, it's just going to be a lot of mosquitoes. There's going to be so many mosquitoes. <laughs> oh, my God, so like, many mosquitoes. Yeah, like, it's just not going to be fun. Yeah.
0: Um, Bring on the robot robot. Like, I feel like... Like, how quickly does it happen? Because you feel like it could happen just, like... Instantaneously. We wouldn't even know it. Just drop a bomb.
1: But they don't even need to drop a bomb. Well, I suppose a bomb. But, like, it...
0: Would there be any need for the robots to forewarn us or to prevent unnecessary suffering? Would that fit into their calculations? I
1: mean, it depends who's programmed them, right? Isn't it that the point? And human beings have programmed them, so there will be evil in there. <laughs> There'll be some <laughs> so unnecessary torture. Unnecessary torture and evil clause that they <laughs> put in there for ship posting purposes. Yeah, to-
0: yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it as long as... Yeah, I'm not getting probes put in me and I have to watch horror What about ever. if I throw Alien
1: Invasion into the mix?
0: Yeah, now that. Bring on that. Now that would be that would be trippy, dude. <laughs> Imagine. What are they, like, interdimensional aliens or are they from, like, another planet? Probably both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. This is the best movie ever. Um, no, I'd definitely like to see Aliens because I think that would answer a lot of questions. And I think the infighting amongst... Uh, religious people would be fantastic because who's going to claim it as God who's going to say it's Satan they oh. wouldn't comment on the okay. robots okay, okay i am throw another one in the okay. mix religious apocalypse which religion though? Like, let's just it's say like for just your the sake Catholic. like Catholic, Catholic. All right. like
1: yeah the, the full fire and brimstone judgment
0: day yeah like apocalypse oh you alright then <laughs> sweet and going to heaven <laughs> see you later suckers I get to take one person <laughs> who do I choose <laughs> well you know, well, I, I mean, you, you and I could be podcasting. You guys heard of Robert Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> you and I could be podcasting in heaven with the world's biggest horse.
1: I just, yeah. Well, are you assuming that the world's biggest horse went to heaven? Oh, you think it went to hell? <laughs> it's not an
0: earthquake. That's <laughs> the biggest horse in Norway. the in the head once. Like, I don't know. You're fucking right. It went to hell. Elias, you still haven't told us how the horse died. Mm. Like, I'd like to know. And where is it buried? And can we find it? If this listener wants to go and get photos, would you be cool with that? Like make it a tourist destination. Do we want to zoom the call? <laughs> <laughs> dig up <it>? those bones?
1: <laughs> I mean, is that...
0: That's probably too
1: much, right? That's too much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but one day in the future... Once when, it's... When they are putting together the... Bill and Ted style, when they're putting together the, you know, TOFOP University because... Uh, The power of our podcasting has changed the world, and they're recreating various moments from the TOEFOP universe. Like in this museum, they can dig up the bones of the biggest horse in all of Norway and kind of reconstruct them dinosaur style. Like in the Jurassic Park. Like in the front. When the biggest horse in Norway ruled the earth. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've limited my expectations. I thought it was like museum style, but yeah. No, it's an interactive. (gasps) We get the DNA style. the
0: biggest horse in all of Norway Norway and create a park of horses. You
1: can go. (laughs) and ride and ride not just the one horse in all of Norway but then
0: we get too arrogant we try and take the DNA of like a chameleon and a bat and a dragon and mix it with a horse to create like a super horse biggest horse in all of Norway well the, yeah that's our ambition no the army come and they're like <laughs> um, weaponize <laughs> we can, that
1: giant horse we can it like, well, we've always wanted in the army was slightly bigger horses
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, that's yep. it for now yes. um we have a long letter. Do you have time to do another 10 minutes on to yes, put on Patreon? Let's do it. Let's, let's do it while okay. we're Okay. Uh, we right. have a letter from another listener, which is kind of more in depth. She's asking for hypotheticals. So if you like that kind of gear on TOEFLOP, uh, come over to our Patreon. You'll find it there real soon. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson.